Hello and welcome back to People Over Pixels. This week we're going to be talking about the hotly debated topic of company culture. Now, as businesses grow and people come and go, culture changes and evolves. And while we can all agree that ping pong tables, fresh coffee and office snacks aren't what defines your company culture, often it's really hard to pinpoint what it actually is. I'm Giorgio Casella, and this week with People Over Pixels co-host Sam Biggins, we're taking a deep dive into company culture and how our own culture at Evoluted has evolved over 17 years in business. We'll be sharing the process we've built to create a bottom-up approach to cultural development in our own business, the incredible positive impact it's made for our team, as well as the pitfalls that we've encountered along the way. And of course, we'll be sharing the love, giving practical advice on how you can introduce similar approaches within your own business. So take a seat, get the good biscuits out, and let's go. This is episode two of People Over Pixels. Today, we're going to talk about our culture evoluted. It's something that's really important to us. What are we doing to make sure it's a good culture and a strong culture that runs through our business? So what are we doing, Georgia? Lots of things. Excellent. Not glad we're doing things. <laughs> we took a bit of a different stance to culture evoluted. You know, we've got 17 years of history in the company before we kind of started setting a direction for things. That's naturally evolved from, you know, two founders in a tiny little office to, you know, 30 plus people working together and then going remote. Like culture, we know is an evolving thing. And that's changed dramatically over, you know, that significant period of time as well. So for us and kind of setting that direction for the culture and how we want Evoluted to behave, how we want to be perceived, how we want to be, you know, culture, as they say, is what people say about you when you leave the room, right? I think that's a really nice definition of it. And it always changes your culture. Like your definition might not change, but actually the living culture is continually changing. It's what's happened in the last 90 days. It's your actions of your company. Throwing all the quotes out today. Yes, it is, isn't it? (laughs) But culture is something we do take really seriously. Like um, it dictates everything from, you know, how we treat each other at the company through to how we speak to our clients, how we interact with other stakeholders, how we approach business and the work we do, the bar of quality that we set, what we expect everybody to adhere to. Like it's more than just, you know, the socials and going out to the pub and things. And what we critically wanted to avoid when we stepped up into the MD positions at Evoluted was for it to be your typical two white dudes at the top of the company saying, this is our DNA, this is how we should do things, everybody listen to us, act like us, talk like us, dress like us, do what we say, that's our culture. That's definitely don't want bullshit. 40 people dressing like me. Absolutely not. Next, I'd run out of jumpers. So we took a bit of a different approach to doing that and said, hey, instead of it being top down, let's try and build things bottom up. Okay. Flip the whole thing on its head. And instead of us trying to set that direction, let's, you know, listen to our team, ask them to take the lead and say, hey, this is how our culture is naturally evolving from all of us interacting with each other. How does that then kind of flow upwards into, you know, the company's DNA? It's an interesting approach um, to take. I'm glad you think so, considering Mm. you were part of it. Yeah. It's really hard, isn't it? Like your culture is your people and what they do. So how do you give those people a voice which means that they can make a difference on things which are quite big and impactful in the business? So you can't have someone who turns around and goes, right, going to change our paternity policy next week. Everyone gets four years off. (laughs) It'd be great. 
But how do we give them that power to do that and just not make it a free-for-all? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's lots of different ways we've seen other people do it. And we took a little bit of a different direction, I think it's fair to say, with how we have empowered people to be able to do those things. I've seen other companies that do it primarily through things like anonymous feedback surveys, suggestion yeah. boxes, you know, stuff that everybody can contribute to whenever they want, but actually it still has to flow upwards through to management. Somebody has to review it. It might be a HR or a head of people that does it, which is really nice if you're in a position where you can afford to have that person and dedicate that resource in your company. But for people like us that don't have them, it just ends up being the same situation of two white dudes at the top making the decisions. So the approach we took was actually installing official roles okay. for culture in the company. And we called those our cultural officers. Awesome. So talk us through those different roles. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got four cultural roles, four different cultural officers, technically six different cultural officers because there's multiple people that take one of the roles. But those were spread across four things that are really important to Evoluted at this time and as part of our kind of mission statement and purpose. So we have one person that takes on a corporate social responsibility role, which is a bit of a mouthful, but essentially it's the person that takes care of how our business acts um, responsibly in our communities and our environment. So looking at our sustainability, looking at how we volunteer in the community, how we do charitable fundraising and can have that wider impact as a business than just making profit ourselves. The second role is um, equality, diversity and inclusion, something that's really important to us, something that we know we've got a long way to go on still and was a really important thing for us to have installed to, to help drive that. Like I say, I don't want to overdo the two white dudes thing, but we can't talk particularly strongly about diversity and inclusion no. um, as much as we want to support it and drive it, which is exactly why we wanted to give people in the company the opportunity to say how we should be driving that whether that's looking at ethnicity, whether that's looking at gender differences within our employees, whether that's looking at neurodiversity, loads of different things. But we needed somebody dedicated to examining that, looking at how we're approaching that and how we can improve our practices and processes across the business to help make this a better place for people to work. Absolutely. I think those diverse experiences and having that role out to someone else other than us means that we get a different perspective on things and everyone has a different experience in life right everyone comes from a different background different struggles and having that variety in that role gives more people a say at what we do absolutely variety is the spice of life as they say our third role in amongst all of this is all around happiness and well-being um, it's become a little bit buzzwordy for companies in the last few years i think doing happiness and well-being but you know something that has been really important to us for a very very long time um, and has been you know manifested in lots of different ways but having again somebody dedicated to examining that how are we taking care and monitoring employee happiness levels of burnout stress and how we can cater and improve those um, what different practices can we put in place do we need kind of external support to help with some of those things a role dedicated to that is really important. And the final role, and this is one that we normally have three people take on because it's a, it's a big demand and there's lots to do and it, it brings a lot of variety again to the process. Sounds is a big role. Our, it's the drum roll social committee. Um, probably not the most exciting and deep thing that you're expecting, but a really important part of our culture evoluted and getting our team together, especially as a remote first company with people situated, a lot of them here in Sheffield, where our headquarters is based, but we've got people in Kidderminster down, you know, West Midlands way. We've got Liverpool, we've got Glasgow, and I'm sure as a company grows and we keep hiring remotely, there's going to be an even wider distribution of people. So 
those socials, bringing people together, making sure that that team bonding is a possibility was a really, really valuable thing to do here. And again, not something for me to dictate. I like video games, heavy metal and being left alone. Not the best person to be organizing social events. So let's get people that, you know, have a bit more of an idea of what's going on around Sheffield, interesting things to go and do to actually be saying what we should do for those events. Yeah, and I think having different people in that role all together working together means you get different ideas different experiences different interests in what they like to do um so we don't end up with an entire season of heavy metal concerts and that's all we do i mean i'd be well up you'd be well up for that i would not and also it takes an awful lot of work to get 40 people organized and to a social absolutely and when we're busy running a company um that's a lot of time out of your day to get 40 people down the pub yeah, as, as much as we enjoy it, it's probably not the most pressing priority for us. But these four roles are, you know, super critical to to the culture of our company and how it evolves. And like I said, you could argue that it's basically a head of people role and yeah. one person could do all of that. Yeah. But actually, going back to that diversity and, you know, difference of opinions and perspectives, if you did have just one person doing that, it's going to be a singular point again. It's going to be just the same as me doing it. They might just like different music. That is key, isn't it? I've never thought of it as it could all be replaced by one head of people. But there is that little bit of advantage that it's lots of different perspectives, lots of different people coming in in different ways. And if we had a head of people, they would be in the role for years to come. Whereas one of the key things is we rotate these throughout the company. Everyone has an opportunity to apply for a role and they kind of get the role through application. So it's not we go, right, you're going to be the person who's going to be our CSR for next year. It's your job. and We've picked you to put into that position because you're the most malleable person for it. Yeah, we're not the Conservative Party picking our cabinet. And I think that gives us such a range of experiences and a range of opinions and different ideas that can flow that gives us that real alternative perspective, isn't it? It's not one person's opinion. Yeah. It's our culture. It's and rotating multiple it people's makes that opinion. even stronger, right? It's not just having these these six people doing it from day one to day X. It's, yeah. They do it from day one to day three, six, five, and then new faces come in and get to do the whole thing all over yeah. again and bring a whole different change and potentially like, you know, adapt what's been done before, cancel what's done before, evolve and build on it. But um, it's a constant evolution and as the company grows and we get more and more people in and things like the diversity and inclusion officer help to bring a more diverse group of people into Evoluted, that's just going to keep growing and growing exponentially. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think the one that stuck out to me quite a lot is the CSR role. It's a huge remit where you can do a CSR, like what your impact on society is, is it's not even a category, like it's so broad and the different people who've taken that roles over the last couple of years have focused on vastly different things. We had one person who focused like really on charities, didn't we? And raising money and raising awareness for good causes. Yeah, shoebox campaigns, all of that kind of stuff, yeah. And now, well, recently we've had someone focus on our environmental and purely on like how we can do better environmentally as a company. So in our B Corp application, which is not something we would have ever got around to on our own. Absolutely not. It's been nine months even with somebody like that. Exactly, yeah. So people get to bring their own spin to these roles. And I think that's one of the areas I really love about this is seeing what the new officers will do. For sure. So that's a rundown of what the four different cultural roles at Evoluted are, why we put them in place. What are we actually expecting them to achieve? Grand things, really. Grand things. We're expecting them to make incremental changes 
like our culture is about continually improving. We don't want them to spend the entire year focusing on one change. We want them to bring things in, see how they work, and then evolve that over time. And that's one of the things we really encourage them to do is pick an area they want to focus in, but just keep evolving and doing little things that make a difference. We don't give them a lot of time to do this. We give them three hours a week. Yeah, it works out as about two days a month. To yeah, about two yeah. days a week, month, or some people do it weekly. It's actually up to them how they do it, but it's not huge amounts of time. You can't change the world in one go with that amount of time, but it does mean that they can keep making changes, keep growing and keep making a difference. So we expect them to put the time aside in their diary. We allow them to, we reduce their client work or whatever else is needed to make sure they have that time. But then we expect them to report back on that every month. And it's one of my favorite meetings, I think, in the month is all the culture officers come together. Not often you have a favorite meeting, is it? Yeah. Nobody goes, oh, sorry, there, there are no favorites. No, <laughs> don't have favorite meetings. But for the evoluted team, there are no favorite meetings. Yeah, absolutely not. No, never. But it's one of the meetings I, I love every month is we sit in the boardroom People might be remote, they might be in the boardroom with us, and people run through what they're doing and what they're passionate about. And the bit I love about that meeting is the passion people come to that meeting with is, oh, I've been reading up on how we can support neurodiversity more in our teams. I've been looking at what we need to do to get energy management system in place, or I've been looking at different venues we can do the social at. Like People come with such passion to that and... They take it really seriously, don't they? Like, yeah, it's it's a big it's responsibility. A, yeah. Like, let's be honest. If you are there and you've got forty of your peers looking at you, being like, "Come on, what's changing? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, how are you going to make us happier? How are you going to look after our environment?" Like, yeah, it's a big responsibility, and we expect them to take it seriously as part of that. What's really great about those meetings is the collaborative element, collaborative element between them as well. I feel like uh, I need to give you a round of applause for that. Thanks. It's a mouthful. Tongue twisters all day long. But yeah, it's very collaborative. They work together, you know, they're working on very different things, but yeah. they do find opportunities to support one another and work kind of on cross projects, you know, cross culture projects together. And we're going to talk a lot more about the impact later on. But there was a really great project that they launched this year, which, you know, had a really positive um, kind of community spirit and health impact on the company as well. So, yeah, it's lovely to see them really taking things in their stride into their own and working together to, to achieve more than they do as themselves, which is a big part of what we do as a business. Yeah, you wouldn't really expect that someone can take the CSR role and another role and combine them and work on projects together in a like a really positive way for the team. Um, that collaboration is a really nice part of it, isn't it? You don't expect all these roles to interlink, but all these roles together are a key part of our culture. So why wouldn't they interlink? Absolutely. I think there's a huge benefit to them only having those two days a month as well to work on this. Um, why so? Going back to, you know, if you could have, you know, a head of people that's responsible for all of this, if that is your sole role and you're stuck in that every day, it's the, it's the whole, you know, can't see the wood for the trees concept. If you're in it and you're working on lots of different projects, you become busy, you're spinning plates, you're working on loads of different things and you don't have the same level of impact. I think minimizing the time, you know, it's Parkinson's law, you know, work expands to fill the time available. If you limit that time and have them really focused on a really specific thing, they're making such bigger advancements than I think somebody would make if that was all their time focused on this. I think it would be easy to get drawn off in lots of different directions and tangents. So I see it as a huge benefit. It's an interesting way to look at it. I think when we first introduced the roles, there was a feeling of, 
I've got all this responsibility. I've got all this power. I must change everything immediately, right? And the yeah. first applications we had through, you know, when we ask people to apply, we ask for, you know, a few ideas of what you might want to implement in these roles. And some people had grand visions that even for us would probably take years to implement. And they've got two days a month for yeah. a year. That was one of the biggest challenges, wasn't it? Is to go, some great ideas. I love your vision. But for the time you've got, let's scale it back a bit. Let's work on a change that you can make now. And then the next change and then the next change and then handing over to the next cultural officer and going, this is where I'm going. This is what I've been doing and trying to get that next person to buy into the same vision and passing the baton. Absolutely. Yeah, it is passing the baton. It's going, this is where I've got to. I can only go so far. Now it's your turn to carry on. That was, yeah, it is only two days a month. So from a business point of view, it's not a lot of time to lose for our teams. But it's a huge amount of impact they do make in that time. For sure. And focusing on those projects is also one of those key expectations, isn't it? Is these roles aren't just there for you to use um, to educate yourself. Whilst yeah. that's definitely part of it, it's not just there as kind of personal development time. There's there's opportunity to do that elsewhere within within Evoluted. But what we don't want, didn't want, is people to kind of just go and do a course on on DNI or I'm going to go and read about, you know, environmental impact from, you know, Amazon Web Services or whatever and, you know, see how horrifically bad that is for the planet. It was actual projects and deliverable outcomes that we wanted yeah. people to focus on, things that have a tangential difference. Yeah, absolutely. So they have the research behind it, but they're things they can make an impact on immediately. Excellent stuff. So we've spoken about a lot about how the cultural roles work about yep. the expectations we have for them. Um, I suppose it's probably time to share what actual impact they've had. You know, what projects have they done? What have they introduced? What difference has introducing these roles and our whole process of bottom-up culture um, made on Evoluted so far? So I think we've been running them for two years now or 18 yes, months. Two years, just about. Um, quite a significant impact, more than I expected, if I'm honest. There's none really that are... Uh, more than others, but one of the ones that I never expected to get out of it would be the B Corp certification. Yeah, it's been a big one. So our current CSR officer decided it was time to see how hard it was to get B Corp and has dedicated so much of his time to working out what we need to do as an organization, how we improve to get it. And we're currently going through the certification of it at the moment. But I think that's been a really big example of someone just taking the baton and running with it right they've decided it's something that we should do as a business it already aligns with a lot of our values and they've just taken it and run with it um it which has been all awesome the reason for these roles precisely the empowerment and the autonomy for people within the business that aren't particularly leaders or decision makers to come and say hey this is an opportunity this really ties in with who we are let's go for it yeah and i think that's a key part of it Otherwise, they wouldn't have that say, like, and they'd go to us in an anonymous survey, let's do B Corp, and we put it on the list, and realistically, it might be a year or two before we got there. We'd look at the requirements and go, mm, I'd love to, but yeah, it'd take a while. Yeah, whereas this has just take, allowed someone to take their passion and apply it to the business. One of the really recent ones I loved was a collaboration between the happiness and well-being and the CSR officer role. Yes, this one was absolutely brilliant. Um so we did active August and a bit of September. So in brackets. In brackets, yeah. And what they did is they got together and they decided to run a activity challenge. 
Unfortunately, we weren't quite in time to get the start of August. So they did mid-August to mid-September. It was a really inclusive way to do exercise and encourage exercise within the teams, which, from a CSR point of view, had people cycling to work, had people walking to work. From a happiness and well-being, it got people to do more exercise than they were would do on a normal day. It brought um, a nice social competitive brought, element yeah, as well because absolutely. they posted a leaderboard every week of who'd done the most hours or minutes of activity. Yeah. I think we had almost half the company take part in it. Yeah, half the company. And it was done in a way that like it'd be very easy to do it and go, well, the people with the top active minutes or top distance travelled will get the prize. And everyone would go, Oh well that's all, always going to be these three people. It's I won't bother. It's gonna be me. Yeah, and you probably end up with two people entering it because everyone would go, oh, I definitely wouldn't be the third person in that. Whereas they'd taken a step back and they talked about it in our monthly session and gone, why don't we do it as a raffle instead? So they'd done it in a way where for every active minute you do or every half an hour you do, you get entered into the raffle, which means that there's still an element of luck and you can do 30 minutes of exercise in the entire month and still be in with a chance of winning. Most importantly, the more you do, the more you increase your luck. Absolutely, yeah. Um, And it was a really nice gamification of something which is important to all those different roles Um, and a collaboration that I really loved in it. It's a great example that feeds directly into, you know, talking about culture and our DNA of how we operate at Evoluted as well as a company and how we approach challenges with our clients, looking things from different perspectives, engaging different stakeholders and seeing who isn't this going to work for, who's going to benefit least and most from this, how can you make it so it's a bit more of an even playing field. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. We've got some people who are really active at Evoluted and doing way, way more than I do in a week. But it was a way to level that playing field and give everyone that chance to take part and really bring different people in the company together and compete against each other. Yeah, it was really fun. And I think it's going to become a, uh, a solid part of our, our annual calendar. Absolutely. Are we always going to do it as August and a bit of September? Perhaps. Yeah, maybe that's the thing now. Got to be different. Got to be edgy. Got to be edgy. One that I really loved that I think is really important from a diversity and inclusion side is a project that's still ongoing and hasn't been fully launched yet, you know, caveating things, but we've been working on an inclusion passport. Um, And this is something that we borrowed from the NHS, who during their interviewing process, you can fill in a short document that explains if you have any additional needs, whether that's something physical, whether that's um, things like, you know, uh, part of your on the autistic spectrum, or if there's anything else that you need to be considered or accommodations to be made during that interviewing process. And if you start working there. And I think that's just a really lovely way for people to have a safe space to express that stuff. If you're starting the interview process, it's really difficult to interject and tell somebody some of these things yeah i think it's daunting isn't it when you apply for a job that you're worried it's going to put you on the back foot as a candidate you're going to have all these all these issues and it's going to make the the application process the interview process more difficult for you so we wanted to really borrow that and learn from that and implement a similar thing for ourselves not just during interview but when somebody starts working with us as well yeah and give them that way to say hey you know, I've got a few extra needs or requirements here. Here's some things that do work for me. Here's some things that don't work for me. They're written down so they can be shared privately with, you know, a line manager or us as directors, the, you know, the people who need to know to help facilitate those needs. But I'm really hoping that that's going to be a fruitful project yeah. um, and make a really big difference to our diversity within recruitment practices. It is a really key one and really excited to see how it plays out um, and how we can improve it over time awesome and i think the last one which 
can go understated a lot is the variety of different socials we've had since we've done this. So when it was just us organizing the socials, it tended to be quite similar each time. Might be a meal, some food, maybe some drinks, maybe the odd other thing we'd do in a year. But it was very much focused around, let's go to the pub, have a drink, have a bite to eat, chit chat. And the more you talk to people, the more you realize that people want a different thing from different socials. And it's been really cool to see things like, which you wouldn't expect typically at a company like a board game night where everyone brought in their favorite board games to play. And actually it was a really good night. Everyone had a great laugh. We played some really unusual board games. I kicked ass at a couple. Yeah. Asserting your dominance by destroying everyone at Carcassonne. Show them who's the boss. (laughs) We've done things like go-karting, archery, such a range of different things. Pottery coming up next week. Yeah. Which... Will be a really interesting one to see how that goes. It's it's happening in the office as well. I've uh, just had a refurb. I am scared for our carpets. I, I will be doing a health and safety briefing, which will be entirely orientated around what to do if clay gets on the carpet. Don't care what happens to employees. Absolutely but don't not. damage no. the carpet. Yeah, if it gets on the carpet, I don't want to know until it's sorted and cleaned up. But yeah, well, there's so much impact going on, and I think it's outsized. Like the amount of time they have versus what comes out of it has been amazing to see and seeing the impact people have but also the passion they have for it like they've applied for this role because they want to make a difference in that role and seeing them just run with that has been awesome yeah and now we've got really cool stuff like memories wall downstairs in like the sofa area as well where people have their lunch and stuff we've got like lots of nice polaroids and photos from team events you know, we've got like memes and various little in-jokes that people really like sharing, little reaction gifts and emojis to use on Slack. You know, it it, it extends those memories far yeah. further than just, you know, the event itself, um, which then feeds into the culture, right? And difficult for new people learning some of those in-jokes. And you could argue that that's a bit of a negative for them. But yeah. for the people that are involved, it's nice to still be able to have a laugh and think back on those things and show those new people that, that's the kind of culture we have. Let's have a bit of a joke. Yeah. Make that make that reaction gift that pops up when somebody says a certain thing and everyone can go, oh, remember that time when you, you know, completely shot that arrow off target and it went through somebody's window. Didn't happen. Just didn't the happen, health and safety no. officers out there. Didn't, didn't kill the old lady next to the archery range. <laughs> um, it also shows to everyone in the company that their voice matters and they can make a difference. And when these roles come up for renewal, it gives everyone that opportunity to go, actually, I think I can do something more in that area or I'd really like to change that direction into environmental or towards charities. And they have the opportunity to go, excuse me, I would like to put my hat in the ring. For sure. Okay, doke. So we've run these for two years. Yeah. What's your vision for how these things evolve? Like, where do we want cultural roles to go over the next five years of Evoluted's lifetime? I think for me, they need to become... A bigger part of what we do i think we have to give them more authority and more autonomy to be able to make those decisions and just run with things like it's people that are really passionate about doing something and has to be measured with the business needs but we should give them just that little bit more freedom over time and slowly get rid of the training wheels let people start testing the boundaries seeing what they can do with it and i think that's one of the things which we've had to do to start with is put like training wheels on it had to give them a remit to run on because we found that it was just too daunting too big 
Yeah, it was definitely like, a mistake at the beginning, wasn't it? Kind yeah. Of just going, hey, you've got free reign, go and do yeah. whatever with this. And everyone's gone, oh my God, where do I start? <laughs> yep. So I think we had to put those training wheels on to start and go, just focus on one thing, focus on this. And as more people do these roles, the playbook's building, people are understanding what's feasible within time, what can be impacted, what can't be as a business. So I think over time, my vision is we get rid of those trading wheels and we go, here's the role, here's the card. Yeah, we've started giving budgets out in some places already, which you know gives them that freedom and the other yeah. way to say, I've got X amount this year, let's make it last. Yeah, absolutely. And that allows them to work out what fits within and they can evaluate them, that themselves. They don't have to come asking for the card every time they want to do a meal out for the team or put an event on they can just go that fits within my budget and we'll do it and i think that is my vision is we just give them extra room to keep on going yeah i think i definitely share that um one other element that i see this really feeding well into is um giving people just those really great development opportunities you know careers aren't static and i know so many people in the wider industry who have started out maybe doing marketing and then have got that interest in people and started doing some more bits there maybe worked as a manager for a while but then almost like pivoted their career and said hey i love doing this but i want to go into the people side of agency business yeah um but i know those perspectives of what it's like to work as an account manager you know dealing with clients all of the the struggles that come with it negotiating salary or looking for development opportunities myself and these cultural roles have such an amazing potential yeah. to help people develop in lots of different ways that could completely transform their future careers at or at Evoluted or even elsewhere. Yeah. And that's what I'd love for this to become to unlock those new interests, the new ideas, the new thought processes, connecting the synapses and the neurons in different ways that yield outcomes that they never would have thought of before. And that's a really exciting thing to be, you know, watching happen over the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. It just gives people that remit to apply their passion and find something they're passionate about as well so wrapping up do we want to talk about how people can go about implementing cultural roles yeah i think that's a great place to end things like we said at the beginning there's lots of different ways you can go about implementing you know a bottom-up approach to changing your culture and our cultural roles are just one way of doing that it's one that we found has worked really really well for all the reasons we've spoken about empowerment autonomy development so much more and really, it's going to depend on on the size of your company, the resource that you've got available in different ways to put into this. But, you know, if you are a big company with lots of people, then maybe you want to bring in, you know, these four roles or maybe even more that are valuable to you. What it's about is getting your first people stuck in, setting a bit of a rough direction and saying, here's the roles, here's what they take care of, here's what it looks like. Apply, let's talk through it. And the same way as you're getting those people to drive your culture bottom up, let them help you drive how these roles develop within your own business as well. If you're smaller or you don't have as many people that might want to take these things on, pick one that's more important to you. It might be that you really want to focus for whatever reason on improving the diversity within your your company. Focus on that one. It may be that you're really lacking a range of social events and actually people are getting pretty sick of, come on, let's go down local, have a pint after work. So get somebody doing that social role, bring those different perspectives in, give a couple of people the opportunity to try and look at those different ways of doing stuff. It's not it's not rocket science to implement this kind of thing. And that's what's so great about it. You're getting the people that genuinely care about where they work and the people they work with to help you as a business leader 
drive change. Absolutely. And from a business point of view, it's not a lot of time investment. So to trial it for six months, see if it works or not, isn't going to cost you the world. And the impact it could have so outweighs the risk of it. It's not going to cost your employees either. Like, let's be yeah. honest, most people can probably afford to lose two days of their time a month yeah. that are going to be elsewise wasted on different meetings or on admin processes and things that just aren't important. It's changing priorities rather than for sure finding more time. And hey, if it doesn't work after six months, reevaluate, change it again, give it another go, or try a different approach. Absolutely. There's lots out there. We're not the only way. No, not at all. I think that's all we have to add on that topic for now. So I think we should wrap it up there. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Ciao. If you've enjoyed this episode of People Over Pixels, let us know by leaving a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and make sure to hit follow to be notified when new episodes drop. Got your own thoughts to share on company culture or any of the topics we've covered in episode two? We'd love to hear them. Find me and Sam over on LinkedIn using our profile links, which can be found in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. See you in two weeks' time.